Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Golf Talk Washington. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. Great to have you along for another episode. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about, uh, we're, we're sort of shifting the focus right now with Golf Talk Washington. Rather than doing a whole big show every week, we're uh, rolling out uh, individual bite-sized pieces, if you will, segments that, uh, you know, you can just listen to 10 minutes or so, um, you know, on your way to the course, on the practice, uh, when you get up in the morning, whatever. And uh, the big thing we're going to focus on for the rest of the summer, since so many of us are playing and and having a hard time, in fact, finding places to play just because everybody is so busy right now. I mean, it's crazy. I'm talking to a number of courses, uh, both public and private, and they're seeing record numbers of rounds because, you know, we don't have Little League. We don't have a lot of vacations that we used to take. You know, some courses are doing over a thousand rounds more in a month than they would normally do. And so it's getting harder to find a tee time, actually, uh, especially at those peak times. So I'm trying to go around this summer and just, you know, call out, uh, first of all, uh, I'll be totally honest because I'm I'm selfish and I'm a weasel, trying to find places to play that, um, you know, and, and maybe places that we haven't considered before. You know, we all have sort of our favorites and the course right down the street or the ones we always gravitate to because, you know, we, we may have an Oki card or whatever. But we have so much incredible daily fee golf around Western Washington that I just and, and across the state for that matter that I figured that let's just start profiling places that uh, you may want to go play. Uh, we'll highlight the deals. We'll highlight also just say, oh, yeah, I remember that place. I haven't played it for years. And, and maybe, uh, you know, uh, plant a seed for somewhere that, that you want to go check out here in the, the next few months. Hopefully we're going to have, you know, a golf season now that runs well into late fall. So that gives us quite a few months still in which to go find a bunch of different places to play. The other fun thing is I'm going to be pulling in a lot of different people from the golf community. Some of them sort of local celebs, uh, some of them just interesting people from our golf community. So, so we get lots of different perspectives. Speaking of different perspectives, boy, one guy who's got plenty of perspectives is our official guest of honor today. You know him as the guy from TV that you do not want showing up at your door. Jesse Jones from Cairo 7, longtime award-winning investigative reporter. Jesse, a very passionate golfer. And, uh, you know, for those who've listened over the years, uh, you know, we've had him on a bunch of the shows. Um, Jesse and I had a chance to go out and play Whitehorse over in Indianola, Kingston, across from Edmonds on the ferry. We had a fabulous day. Tell you about that in just a second. But before we get to that, I, I just want to call out briefly. I know, you know, we, we want to keep politics and social issues and things out of golf. And this is our recreation, all that. But given everything that's gone on around uh, racial inequity and all of the conversation about race in light of the, the George Floyd murder and everything that's blown up this summer, I uh, pitched and, and I'm very grateful to Cascade Golfer magazine. They uh, let me write an article about why there aren't more blacks in golf. And it's a pretty frank conversation about race, uh, about bias, racism in golf. And it's told really through the voices of 
Jesse Jones, and a couple of other great guys who I either know or or got to know through this article, just sharing their experiences and some really key insights into what we can all do. A, just to understand what it's like if you happen to be a person of color and, and you love the game of golf, but also maybe some steps we can take to just make things more equitable. So check it out. You can just, uh, you know, if you just Google, I'll put in the show notes uh, a link to the article and to this edition of Cascade Golfer, or you can just uh, Google um, Cascade Golfer Magazine Varsity Communications. And thanks to uh, Brian Beakey, the editor, and Dick Stevens, the publisher, uh, for, for letting us take this on. And, and, and check it out. And all the magazine itself is fabulous. Um, you know, a little plug there. This month, they've got a great profile with Mariners manager Scott Service, uh, a look at Eastern Washington golf offerings, and, and uh, you know, some other great features there. So, so check it out again, Cascade Golfer Magazine. And uh, you can find a link to it in the show notes, as well as uh, if you just Google Cascade Golfer Magazine, you'll find that. But we're here for the golf. And as mentioned, Mr. Jones, Jesse Jones, and I had a chance to go over to Whitehorse. And and here's our recap. All right, Jesse. So we're getting back on the ferry. Uh, end of a, a fabulous day at Whitehorse. First and foremost, I got to tell you, how much fun was it today playing? I mean, if I had to sum this up in one word, I had a super good time. How about you? Super goods too, man. It was outstanding. It was it was a really, really good time. And I'm so happy that course has softened up from what it used to be because if it would have been the old course, we would have had a real, real slog out there. But it was a good time, good company. It was awesome. Well, let's start with just, you know, playing, uh, going over to Whitehorse in general for people who haven't been over there in a long time or have never been. I love getting on the ferry, going across. There's something... It's like I can feel myself breathing when I come across and you look at the, you know, the Olympics around and everything like that. It, it just feels like you're going somewhere special, even though it really is just a couple hours away. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really nothing tells you more than you're in the Northwest than with your golf clubs on a ferry. You see the mountains and you're going to go play a golf course on an island. It, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, the other good thing is, is that we were talking about playing Beth Page Black and going to New York and that experience of being on the Long Island Railroad with your golf clubs and catching a cab and going up to Beth Page to play there. It's a similar experience that, you know, you really get the feel of your location at the same time enjoying the very same game that we love. So let's talk about, first of all, the, you know, first impressions you get there. Beautiful, beautiful practice facility, huge range, uh, beautiful putting green. Bruce Christie, who has run the shop since, you know, he's the director of golf, been there since the beginning. I mean, it, it really is a, it's a top-notch operation. Uh, you know, the practice facility is top-notch. Uh, the one thing I will tell you about the place is that you better bring your putting game. And, and, you know, you go to a lot of golf courses and you're really not sure what the greens and the tee boxes are going to look like. I can guarantee you, you can go to about, 90% of the private clubs in this town are in this region and the greens and the tees are just the same at Whitehorse as you're going to get anywhere else. So we get out first tee, beautiful. I love every single hole 
is a hole unto itself. You don't, there are no holes next to each other and everything is its own little private little world. And number one, pretty straightforward, but what it's got a lot of characters and you, you realize this golf course, every hole has really unique character. I love what you said though, about number one, straight away, hit a good drive, green's pretty welcoming. And then once you get to number two, it's like, <laughs> you, thought, you thought it was gonna be easy. Yeah, I mean, remember, I think it was Pete Dye that said the uh, uh, first hole is a gentleman's handshake. And it definitely is. And then that handshake moves right up to your throat uh, when you get to the, the, the second hole. But then after that, um, the course has a really good rhythm to it um, that allows you to kind of, at least in the front nine, get your game going a bit. Um, it starts with the par four. Um, you move to a tougher par four after that. And then you get to a pretty wide open par five. So you can kind of let your game go. You get, you know, if you're not able to go to that fabulous, fabulous driving range, you get to kind of hit your small bucket on the first three or four holes. And um, and then then you run into one of the toughest par threes anywhere. Um, but it's a great design. Well, let's talk about, you, you mentioned Pete Dye. The, for those who don't know, White Horse was designed by his niece. I think, Cynthia, and you asked the question, has she done anything else? Or, you know, it was like, did she make this super hard golf course? And then that was it. They took away her privileges. Um, but it's definitely got, even though it's been softened up, it's, it's got the feel of like, you better put the ball in the right place in a lot of places. Or I didn't feel like it was penal, but I, it, it's the kind of thing where even if you barely miss the green, you don't have an easy up and down. There's swales and mounds and bunker. There's a lot of stuff going on everywhere. Yeah. And I'm glad they took a lot of the peril away from um the fairways because that's where a lot of the stuff was there was some stuff near the greens but the stuff that you know the fairway bunkers and some of the mounding that they had really made it difficult because those greens are like you said um they're tough if you're off them now that they've softened the fairways um it's an easier shot to those greens and then you have an opportunity to score but i like i like it being a little tough around the greens because it makes you think and if you kind of and know this when you're going to play, the greens are fast, so you don't have to really hack it too hard out of the stuff. The ball will get up there and roll to the hole for you. So um, just know that coming in, it's not you know it, it's not a hacker's paradise, but it is truly a first class operation and a really good design now. <laughs> Well, I know a lot of people avoided it after, you know, absolutely getting throttled early on. But that's, you know, I think 15, 20 years. They've taken out a ton of trees. I just, I find the beauty too. We saw a beautiful, a buck with his fresh little horns yes. there. I, you know, and it's just, it's amazing. It's it's just such a great feeling. Let's talk about the conditioning a little bit. Really, really good shape. All the greens were pretty darn pristine. You know, like I said about the greens, the greens are perfect. I mean, the greens are perfect. Um, and you know, I play a lot of private golf around here, um, and across the country and it is as good here as you're going to find anywhere else. The greens were probably rolling. I mean, a legit, everybody says their greens run faster than they really do, but these are really running a legit 11. And that's really something because people like that you're paying for it and you get it. And that's the great thing I really like about Whitehorse when it boils down to it. You're getting value. You're playing a great, beautiful golf course. And what you pay is exactly what you're getting. And you're not getting that a lot in the game of golf anymore. But you get it at Whitehorse. Um, but one more thing. One more thing. 
even if your game gets a little off here, it does provide you a little bit of love. They've cleaned out some of the areas just just off uh, the fairway, so you can find your ball if it's there. And um, I'm not going to tell you why I know that, but I do know that for 100% fact. You know what? <laughs> I want you to know I have a picture of you way up in the shit, in the proverbial <laughs> shit, uh, ankle deep fescue. Yeah, you had one where, you know, it was like you were in the deep stuff and you got all club on that one. So now you're in the fescue on the other side there. So, yes, you <laughs> firsthand experience. But that is that's the money shot. Go to my Instagram. I'll, I'll post it there. One thing I want to talk about. My wife is with us. She's getting us coffee right now, which we appreciate. And. You know, even though, I mean, she may not shoot, you know, she may shot a hundred or something like that, but she didn't ever feel like it wasn't like a Princeville or something where she just got knocked around all day and had no fun. There's plenty of room, especially off the tee. She may not score. Well, hell, I didn't score. Um, I drove the ball so well and, and you know, end up three putting a bunch because the greens, I think, are really hard to read, which it makes it fun. You want to come back. Um, but I think really forgiving the tee boxes, you can have as much as you want. There's a combo tee. We played the blues, which I never felt like it was super long. I didn't have any three woods into par threes or anything. So I thought that was fine. Um, so really, like you said, they've softened it enough that it's, it's hard to score, but it wasn't a hard golf course, if that makes sense. It's another one of those that you're trying to look for, for your golf architecture geeks, you know, a low slope, but high course average. You're not hitting it over canyons every damn time. And if you can't get it up there, you're going to be okay on the majority of the holes. The one thing I liked for the women's game is that you can run every single ball up. There's rarely an opportunity um, that you kind of have to clear a bunch. Of, I don't even think there is one. I mean, 18 maybe, but you can still run it up on 18. But there's really not, you know, you're not having to play you know, high towering Tiger Woods, three wood, you know, to get from place to place and playing in these islands and hitting over chasms and stuff. That's not the case there. And I like that because you get to really, really, really golf your ball. And if you're off, you still can recover it. Cause if you have a short game, you can play there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I loved, you had a couple of really nice plays where, you know, you're 10 feet off or whatever and you put it instead of chipping and, and it gives you the choice and having a choice is just so fun. You know, it's funny when we play this game, how much suspense is there in the air and then how much suspense is there on the ground. And when you have the opportunity to hit the ball short and have it run up, the suspense level is just the same. But it's just in different places. I love that. I love that and I love to have the opportunity. So I want to talk about, well, first of all, just, you know, a couple of the holes that really stand out to me. First of all, 18, I think, is one of the toughest finishing holes around, but so beautiful because you've got to hit, you know, decent drive, but then, you know, it's all water second shot or you put it out to the right there. Um, but again, I didn't feel like it was unfair. I just feel like it was tough. And it's one of those where I can't wait to come back. You know, uh, uh, remember, uh, Ben Hogan, when he played Carnoustie back in the day, and you had that one par three that's, you know, seven miles long, and he played it to end up short, chipping on, and one putting. And he did it all four rounds of the British Open. That's what you kind of really have to do on 18 there, because if you're taking on that flag, understand it's a long hole, and then it, it's a kind of a cape hole. And then you have, you know, you have the, the green sitting on the other side of the water, and you're kind of like, what do we do? But again, as we said, it gives you an option to run it up. 
So you're not stuck. And if you've got a short game, you can still make par there. And birdie is going to be really hard for anybody, even if you're a serious player. I got to just ask you one, Ben Hogan at Carnoustie, do you remember, what, what are you, 90 years old? <laughs> no, I love the game and I love the history of it. And, you know, the the kind of the fun thing is, is that, you know, with every shot you take, you can actually try to play out a moment in history. And, and it's kind of fun. And uh, mine was, my moment in history was uh, uh, Charles Barkley. <laughs> At the Lenny Wilkins tournament mm. 2015. And so that's what I did today. That was my moment in history. But anyways, um, I, I love the game. I love the architecture. Uh, I love the history. I love the people. I love the superintendents. I love the golf pros. I like the guys that are out there cutting the lawn. I love everything about it. So, you know, when you play as poor as me, you have to find a lot of reasons to love it. And that's what I've decided to do. One other note I want to make about Whitehorse specifically, again, one other thing, if you're looking to have fun, uh, I ran into another group, uh, a guy that I know, and one of the his, his guys were using one of the golf boards that they have out there, sort of skateboards, motorized skateboards, which I've done out here before. Um, I found it a little, I think it's super fun, but almost distracting because you want to do that and not really pay attention to the golf. But one of the other things, I mean, Whitehorse is just fun. It's just, there's so much you can do that is fun out there. The one note, though, I want to make, I don't care what they say. Don't walk it. I, you know, they say people walk it, no problem. But it, there, there's some holes in between holes where there's a long way. It's a long way. No, no. And, you know, and, and, you know, I think it really comes back to what we talked about before about options. The golf course provides options. And if you want to walk, you can walk. You're a fool. You can walk. <laughs> you can, you know, get on the golf boards, which is awesome. You can, uh, um, you know, get a golf cart and do that. You can go half and half. But regardless... The, the course offers you, this operation offers you everything that you'd ever want in a round. And you just have to decide what you want because it's available for you. And then the last thing I just want to say, I want to make an important note, which is the ferries right now. They're down to one boat for the summer. The schedule's all screwed up. So you want to plan a little bit more. You're not going to be able to just, you know, there isn't, there aren't ferries every hour on the hour like there are during the week. So you want to pay attention to that. And luckily, we timed it perfectly. We got on a 710 boat, got on the 230 boat back. Yeah, we're lucky. Um However, you know, what also makes it different is because of COVID, it's kind of hard to find a restaurant or do anything like that. I would say prepare so you have options and to bring a sandwich to bring some because it's beautiful out here. Um, and you can sit at the side, look at the water, you know, break out your, your picnic blanket or do something like that just so you're prepared. But, you know, again, this is a great place and it gives you the options to do all of it. And then bottom line. Would you go back? Because that's how I say I don't do the birdie, par, eagle, four-star, five-star. To me, hands down, I'd go back to Whitehorse in a heartbeat. My second round there this year, and I'll probably put four in. So that'll tell you everything. <laughs> Jesse Jones, you see him on Cairo 7, and he's going to start doing these because, you know, he's he's a fellow traveler like me. So we got to figure out where we go next. But, Jess, thanks for for coming along. I know it was a big sacrifice on your part. Had a great day plan. Josh, you the man. <laughs> no, and this was great. And thanks for the opportunity. And I love to talk golf. So this has been good for everybody. And I hope it was it's good for you, the listener. All right, do it for him just once. Come on, give me the out cue. Jesse Jones, Lost in the Woods. <laughs> I'm posting that picture on Instagram. 
lost in the shit. <laughs> All right, Jesse Jones, Cairo 7. Again, if you see him coming, just run. You do not want any part of Jesse, unless it's on the golf course, then absolutely delightful. That's going to do it for this edition of Golf Talk Washington. I'm Josh Kearns. Thanks for listening. Hey, subscribe, then you'll get new episodes right into your podcast player whenever um, you know we put them out and doing it once a week or, or more, if I can. Like it, share it, leave a review, and, and, and drop me a line on social media. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and um, you know maybe we can go out and play sometime. Um, you know, perhaps I can get us out somewhere. So would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I hope you can get out, enjoy the weather, and we'll talk to you again soon on Golf Talk Washington. Cheers. Cheers.